Welcome to Employee of the Month. Here's your host, Katie Lazarus. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Employee of the Month show. I'm recording this uh, in a little shed that I'm staying at in Los Angeles as I try and get a real job. And by real, I mean like work for a television show. Um, And I'm recording this in an epic diva voice on GarageBand, so I hope you notice that I don't usually sound this sultry. I'm going to go into my normal voice now so that I can actually introduce our guest today since she deserves a proper introduction and is a real actor. Do you feel a difference? It's me again. I know. For better or for worse, this is what I've got. What can I tell you? This is the voice. I'm so thrilled to have on Ann Carr on this episode. We taped this at the Writers Guild in New York, um, which I'm so indebted to. They have been so incredibly thoughtful and helpful and been everything a union should be. And it was just a joy to have Ann Carr on. You can check out the Actress series. It's so smart. If you like Louis C.K., you'll love the show. And she's also been on Louis. She's just a consummate, dark, funny comic actress. And it was just really neat to like sit down and hear what it's like. Um, but I really recommend you also check out her web series. And without further ado, oh, this episode was taped on my birthday, my 21st, of course. I'm in Hollywood right now, guys. Ann Carr. Yeah, hey. What up? I'm very excited to have you on Employee of the Month. I'm very excited to be on it. I'm excited to have you back because you're one of my favorite character actors and I really want to just encourage people to listen to our interview, but like as soon as you do after, please go check out The Actress. Um, what is the website that they can go to? It's www. Now, does that stand for Worldwide Wally? It sure doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, theactressetheseries.com. It is... Um, a must-see if you're interested in going into acting or if you're a parent who doesn't want their child to go into <laughs> acting. Um, I, I think it, it's like a lot like Girls yeah. and Louis C.K. in that it's the signature um, driven by one main character who has all these adventures, but it's certainly a beautiful collaboration. But it has that same cinematic feel of um, an artist who is completely confused and exasperated. and um, At the end of her rope. Hey, it's Hannah. Yeah, I guess it was okay. Oh, I don't know. I had to read with a seven-year-old and he was really fake and he had a faux hawk. I know. I told you I ran into Kate Rios, right? In college. She just won the Oscar. Yeah, so that happened. I'm just so tired of it, you know? I'm just, it's just such bullshit. And I'm just so tired of, of trying. And it's just, you know, I go on these things and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? But. You know, I keep doing it because I know it can't all be bullshit. And I just... <laughs> uh, could I get a towel? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just at Starbucks. Hang on two seconds. Um, Unfortunately, I feel like that is... Pretty much sums up the last, uh, I don't know, decade of my life. <laughs> well, you know, I can, can, I can relate. I really can. <laughs> and that's what's so great is to have someone who's such a successful actress who's been on Louie and who's books all these commercials, which I want to talk about, um, and received a very fancy nightlife award this mm. year. 
also look at the depth of the people who are acting because I think that often gets lost. You just get to hear about the really famous people right. and, and how they love doing their newest rom-com. Uh-huh, yeah. And this goes on what it's like to be a working actor. It totally does, yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. There's really not much out there that really explores the, the struggle of the artist, you know, um, just currently. I don't know anywhere, actually. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the only other one I thought that was excellent uh, and has a similar vein as yours is Steven Soderbergh and George Clooney did a series, did Unscripted. Oh, sh oh yes, I, I've seen that, and I, yes, that is great. And I thought that was phenomenal really to show great. what it's like to break in in Hollywood when you're trying to be famous. What I like about the actors of the series is that it's about being an actor in New York. Generally, actors in New York are very serious gifted, I think, actors, because you may or may not become famous. You certainly may or may not become rich. <laughs> um, so you not. really love the, the art and the craft. Yeah. And I just feel like your series is utterly unique in showing that. Thank you. That's not a question. It's a statement. So what I do want to ask, since in addition to doing these really, really fun, quirky, um, oddball characters, which easily could be commercially viable characters, FYI, um, you also do commercials. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to hear what that's like. What is that racket like? It, it looks like winning a lotto ticket from the outside. It is. Um, <laughs> it really is. I mean, I'm able to make my living off of it, but you always are, you know, knocking on wood about what's going to happen next. And um, How many auditions a week do you have? Well, I, usually it's around five to... Around five, maybe five to seven if I, on a good week, seven, but around five. And they all come through your agent? And they all come through my agent. And it's kind of um, interesting. I was working on um, an episode of The Actress called Mom, and this woman, Janet Zarish, who's brilliant and um, is an actress who's been on, I believe it was All My Children for years she was on it, and she is the head of the graduate acting program at NYU and she's just fabulous and just such a sweetheart. And we were talking and she was talking about how things, how much it has changed. She said that there would be days where I would go out for 10 auditions. You know, it's really, the landscape has completely shifted. And Why is that? I don't know. It could be that there's more things going to non-union. Okay, which is a definite issue. It's a definite issue. And as we're, we're luckily and gratefully doing the tapings of this podcast at the Writers Guild, I can certainly appreciate it on the other side where I have to make a choice as to doing union or non-union work, and most yeah. of the work I'm obviously offered is non-union work. Right. So it makes perfect sense that that's an issue affecting actors as well. Totally is. And uh, <laughs> that was sobering. I was like, wow, that's I mean, such a different... Ten auditions. Ten auditions. I mean, that's possible in New York. I don't think it's possible in L.A. unless they drive were to group far. them in the same buildings. But Yeah, yeah. and they fly you. <laughs> yeah. They have to hot air balloon you yeah. to make it. I, you could barely do two when I was out there. That's hard. Yeah. And do you prep for, for your auditions? Like what goes in? Well, I do a lot of commercial auditions. Commercial auditions, you will go in and you'll get the script the, right before you go in. Like okay. Maybe five minutes, ten minutes before you go in. You'll study the script. It'll be a short, it'll be one page. They're called sides. And you'll just look, scan it and get a vibe. For, for legit auditions, for film and television, those are legit. 
Um, you'll get the sides maybe one or two days before you go in, and sometimes not at all. Even for TV and film, like when you went in for Louis. For Louis, I got it. Uh, the I did not get it until I came into the office, and I'm almost glad that that's the case because I tend to get worked up. <laughs> yeah, I get I'm, worked up, but yeah, yeah. Just My husband, who's Jewish, calls me the most neurotic non-Jew he's ever met. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's your bat mitzvah. Yeah. <laughs> my life is my bat mitzvah. <laughs> uh, my whole life. And, uh, but, um, yeah. He... Him crowning you. I think that was like <laughs> yeah. the we most have neurotic an official crowning. Um, or maybe that was our wedding. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, I, uh, that was fabulous. I lo- I, that was a great moment where I just, I got the script and I immediately gelled with it and it was such a good feeling you know to know that that's your role hey Karen <clears throat> I got nowhere to go so let me just pay you like you've been here for a couple hours and you can take all just go home Louis, please just get out of here what just go you you do this all the time you don't go anywhere well why, why do you why do you care because it's depressing it's just sad you can't just be all by yourself all the time. Look, Karen, thank you, but I'm okay. I got the girls and I'm Do you fine. think the girls don't know that you're alone? Do you want to teach them that a good man just has nobody? You have to be whole for them. You need to be with somebody who's going to care for you. A man needs that. Now, it's none of my business that I can't just sit here and watch you waiting to die. I didn't realize this. Please just get out of here and try to get laid. Just have fun. Meet someone, you know? If you don't give a shit about yourself, you do it so the girls won't have a depressing loser for a father. <laughs> did you know when you did the audition for that you, that you nailed it? Yeah. And I don't know that often. Okay. <laughs> Even when you do get it sometimes, like with the Sleepies oh, commercial I or never a know. Never. You never know. Okay. I mean, with Sleepies, I knew because, uh, because the casting director said the director loves me. And I know... I feel comfortable with him. We have a rapport, the director and I. And I mean, I knew that it might it might work out, but I wasn't sure of it. With Louis, I felt like I don't know. I just felt very. I knew that I had nailed it, and that it was up. It wasn't up to me who got cast in it, but that I had nailed it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that that was the best I could do, and that it should be my part, you know. And we'll see what happens. But I think that's the best to strive for, it sounds like, is yeah. to just nail the audition. Because just you have zero it. control over whether it goes in. And then even yeah. when you get it, whether it gets in the final. Yeah, exactly. Whether you make the cut or whether you, they, your commercial runs at all. I mean, that's happened before where I, I, go, I get real excited for all that money coming my way. And then it never runs. And that's such a slap in the face. That's but, happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it happens. I've been cut from anything I've ever booked. What That's happens? Acting. <laughs> no, you. Then I thought they were just Wonderful. like. Then they were just like, this will be funny. <laughs> <laughs> they they do focus groups, you know, for commercials. So if yours is not liked by the focus group, then okay, I'm imagining that's what me. happens that they don't like it, and then they're like, well, let's not run it then. Okay, so you go in yeah. to a casting office. Yeah. You do a read or a take mm-hmm. on the commercial. Mm-hmm. Then what happens? Then you leave. And then what happens to your tape? The tape uh, the, then the, of your uh, the, audition? I presume it's the ad agency will take a look at it with the client, maybe the 
director, um, the team that they've, they're hiring to direct, the, to produce and direct the commercial, and then they call in, they call back the people they want to see again. And then sometimes there'll be a, a third, a second callback which was Sleepy's. So, you know, like with Sleepy's, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, the, I like this director and I know him, but I wasn't sure at all that I'd gotten that, you know, especially when I went in for a second callback. I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, you just don't get your hopes up. That's the key is, is not to get your hopes up, but at the same time to live in a space where it's possible. It's a certain like it's level of delusion that's necessary. And that I liken it to love because like in romance you have mm -hmm. to be completely open to love. Mm -hmm. And you also have to accept the possibility that your partner could leave you at any mm -hmm. point. Like whether you have cancer or it's, a kid. You know, it's it, so true. And know. even even in my marriage where I feel completely hundred percent secure, you're reminded every once in a while when you hear something or see something and you're reminded that you know, nothing is promised nothing you know yeah. and at the same time if you don't show up and you're not emotionally available right. there's no way you can have that marriage somebody said a friend of mine who's a great actor his name is Mark Gessner and he does a lot of commercials as well and he does t some TV and he's a great guy and he said there are three ways you can walk into an audition room because I was like how do you book so much man you book a lot <laughs> he was like well there's three ways you can walk in you can walk in can I swear you can do whatever you fucking okay. want. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can walk in, uh, fuck you, I don't give a shit. You can walk in, um, you know, I need you and I need your approval and I need you to like me. Or you can walk in with let's dance and that's always how you want to walk in. You always want to walk in with let's dance. Let's play, let's have fun. You know, and that's like how when, do you get there that's when the thing. your bank account is down to nothing, mm -hmm. and and I mean nothing, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and um, you are desperate for it, yeah. or um, you are bitter because um, when I say you, I mean me. Um, you know, you haven't gotten <laughs> the last seven things. You know, that's what's hard is to get yeah. into that zone. I mean, I I know what that feels like when I'm there, the play zone that you're talking about. Yeah, but. How do you personally transition to that when you deal with, you know, rejection or or need yeah. genuine need for money? Well, I mean, I'm I'm I practice it. I don't always succeed, but I when I do, I find a place where the thing is, it's just going to be more fun and more. It's going to be better for you in the end to go in in that state than the others. So it's kind of a choice, you know. I'm do I want to enjoy this? <laughs> opportunity really you know do I want to enjoy this moment or do I want to to sit in in a kind of a negative space to be in a negative space I mean it is a choice yes and it's not always an easy choice sometimes you just don't you feel sorry for yourself and when I say you I mean me <laughs> I imagine I imagine actors though in some ways you could be even better at making those choices to get out of that mode yeah. because you are <clears throat> you have the skill of of Plan and and you. What if? Anna. Yeah, like what if I wasn't? What if everything was awesome right now? What if everything is okay? I try to go there a lot. Like, you know, everything is okay. Everything's. Look at all the good things that are happening. And I try to go go there. Focus on what I have and what what I'm grateful for. You know. Are you able to like become a character 
who has who feels that way when you're not feeling that way personally before you go into an audition or is that too meta is that too many characters um well I, with commercials it's always a version of myself okay with legit it's the same but it's just a deeper sense of myself it's deeper writing it's more generally if it's really good you know it's a more rounded person it's a whole person commercials are just a snippet of a person just a attitude a character what's the attitude and character and snippet for commercials like do they, are they like mom role yeah or? Uh, mom single girlfriends you know a lot of that um teen mom yeah no. professional <laughs> teen mom no i've passed that <laughs> i've passed that stage um i can't play the trashy teen mom damn it Oh, there's so many commercials so for such lucrative uh, <laughs> advocating that. Yeah, it's kind of disturbing. But you play uh, so professional. Yeah, like a professional. I'm trying to think of what I went in for. Yeah, like a professional woman, a single woman out on the town with her girlfriends. That's one that I just went in for. A young mom, you know. That's what I'm doing tomorrow. What are you doing tomorrow? Young mom. Young mom. Mm -hmm. And so... Have you ever walked out of an audition being like, oh, I guess that's over, and then they, like, want you, and you didn't even realize they wanted you? Yeah. I'm trying to think of the last time that happened. Um, yeah, I'm trying, but I don't remember. <laughs> like or sometimes I'll think something went really shitty, and then, it, you know, I, like, I book it. Like, did a casting director. Oh, shit. Oh. oh, well, yes. I, um, you were leading me because we were talking about it before we started recording, and I totally forgot. I just wanted to give some context. Um, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, I just want to say that, like, as an interviewer, anytime I, like, feed a question, it always, like, it goes nowhere. Or if I, like, if I give you, even if I'm, like, what's your name, nine out of ten times the person will be, like, oh, no, it's Frank. And I'm, like, but I swore it was Ann Carr. Like, I mean, I've known you for years. Like, Anytime I feed a question, <laughs> it always I'm so out of it. Oh, God. It's one of those days where I just feel like I've got gauze all over my head and inside right. my brain. Undo the gauze for two um, minutes and talk about this yeah. very, very big excitement because I have to live vicariously through you because um, you booked this great commercial, and I loved hearing the story of how Aww. you booked it. So I'm not going to mention the, the vendors just because I think I'm not supposed to. No. But um, it's, We'll say it's for Band-Aids. Right, sure. <laughs> um, when I went in for which one did you want to talk about the do, both of them? do both yeah so the, the first one was a callback for for a commercial and I, I knew the director and I'd worked with the director on another project and I really like him and he likes me and so there's this nice familiarity I was like oh that's a good that's good you don't always book things that you've booked with other people before but sometimes sometimes it's just nice it's also just nice to see somebody you're friendly with in the callback, and uh, and uh, then I came back for a second callback, and the casting director said, uh, "Oh, and I'm sorry. In between that initial callback and the second callback, I got an email saying, oh, you know, this director really loves you, and he wants to see some of your work. Could he come out and see you perform some night? Are you performing anywhere? Because I get up at UCB, and uh, I said, you know, I've already done my show at UCB this month." but here's my web series, The Actress, that you can check out. That's and great. You, yeah, can, you, you can just sure. say, look at this. Here's yeah. some other stuff. I don't know if he knows about this. Check it out. So then I went in, and, and he wasn't there for the second callback. It was just me and the casting director, who I really 
like, and he's a sweetheart, and he was like, you know, this guy loves you, and he really wants to find a way to get you into this commercial, but they've already cast a Latino woman for the part you came in for. So I said, why don't we try to create this scene where she has insomnia, and then she just gets over it and goes out and buys a new mattress, says, fuck it, I'm just getting a new mattress, and then the next shot is of you enjoying your new mattress. So he, and he made a point to tell me that. He didn't want me to not know that. You know, he was like, you need to know that that's, because that's really special. You don't get that a lot. To know why you're not getting a part necessarily and to know that a director also really yeah. wants to get you Here's in. So how on. do we include you? Yeah. yeah. And that they're, they're making an effort to get me in, you know, which is, I mean, as an actor, it's so, it's touching and it really makes you feel great. You know, it's so, from the littlest thing to the biggest thing, it's just a nice feeling. It's well, reaffirming. It's also huge, I would say, because yeah. the difference between a, a film where I can see how you can stretch it to include another part. Yeah. A commercial is only so long. Right. It's 30 it's, seconds, sometimes 15. And, and they're completely at the beck and call yeah. of the advertiser. So like, totally. And the client. The client the client chooses every... as They're the ones that, that give things the act sometimes. And Thank or, God for Mad Men or I would have no... I know. You know, full exactly. appreciation exactly, for what goes on. Really, that's what's going on. That's, that is what's going on. Only in... In with 2013. Less attractive. With less clothing. attractive. <laughs> and people in it. And more sober. And um, more sober. <laughs> so that happened, and I booked that, and, I, and it was good. And then I have another experience. That, and, the, and this also doesn't happen very often where you book one thing and then you book another thing right after. That very seldom happens. And uh, But you know what? Let's just say maybe it'll happen a little more. <laughs> maybe maybe that's not just the, you know what I mean? Like, right. I, I, maybe I shouldn't state that as a fact because you know it happened. Yeah. So, um, so I was. So the next thing, actually, the day of my shoot, I went out for three auditions in the morning, and uh, that morning I was walking down the hallway for from another audition, and I ran into a director that I know from other commercials that I've gotten called back for, but haven't booked, haven't booked through this director, and I was just really friendly, and you know, so was he. We said hello passing in the hallway and then I got on the elevator and just as the doors were about to close he he yelled out you know hold that hold the elevator and I didn't realize it was him and, and usually I'll just let the doors close and <laughs> you know wish them luck for the next elevator but I pushed door open and it was him and he was like can you could you come in and, and read for this it's just a small it's really a nothing role you don't have any lines but you know here's the scenario and I was like of course I'll come in and do that yes <laughs> and then, like inside, I was like, "Fuck oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah!" Um, score for car, and um, yeah, I went in, and and then I got a call, and and I I was just it was nice. Warren and I did a high five. It was really nice. Warren is Anne's husband, who is a comedian as well. Comedian and co-writer of the actress. And co-writer of the actress. Now, I did want to ask you. Um, I imagine you're more zen now, also about the process from writing and mm -hmm. casting and being on the other side. I don't feel zen at all, <laughs> talking to my producer, Amanda. I, I, I mean, I feel like Warren sometimes, uh, so over certain things, sometimes he's got a really calm head, <laughs> sometimes. Um, but uh, this morning he was kind of having a freak out because we need to get a bunch of bar patrons for this shoot we're doing this weekend. And he was like, I'm so worried about this. I'm just so worried about this. And I was like, well. You know, it's Monday, and it doesn't worrying 
is not going to get us these people. So we have to like send some emails out. So do that, you know, like that's the thing I'm I'm learning uh, is that if you want something, you have to ask for it. Doesn't matter how big or small it is, you have to ask. With our Kickstarter, that's another thing. Like, but that went great. That was great, and I was so intimidated to and do it. And you're not Spike Lee, and it still I'm went not, well. And I'm not Spike Lee, and it didn't. And I'm not Zach Brown. <laughs> and it went. It went great, and we got. We went. Oh, we made our goal and and over and beyond. And and I think I was very intimidated to do that. I had a lot of you know. But that just you just have to ask people. Just now, ask people. Tell me a little bit more about the Kickstarter campaign because I have so much rage towards these mm. incredibly wealthy people who ask people who make so much less money than them to mm -hmm. give and don't pony up any of their own. It's not like Zach Braff or Spike Lee ever said, you know what, I'll match your donation. Right. So they're, they're very stealthy business people where they're not putting in any money, but they're asking their fans to give them their money and they do have access to venture capital funds. I mean, they do yeah. have other ways outside of the studio system. They have system. access to things that I don't have access to. Yeah. Access to or even or knowledge of. of you know, I like, have no idea what the venture capital I mean, I really, like, I've heard it before, but I don't know. There's no way that we could walk into I don't know. a venture capitalist office and be like, hey, I'd like you to give money to my non-existent brand. You know, I mean, it just wouldn't happen. The conversation wouldn't happen. They're already well-tested brands. Mm -hmm. um, however, I'm also so uh, excited to see that people are still making their projects come to fruition on Kickstarter because I was worried yeah. that it would it would drown out the possibility of um, artists who aren't as well known, entrepreneurs who you know are just starting out wouldn't be able to break in. But it, it seems didn't like harm you. I, I mean, no, it's just such a huge platform now that, and it's so visible that so many different people are accessing it including movie stars you know I just don't think I mean we'll see what happens but I don't it didn't affect us and I don't see it affecting other people you know I know Great. other people who've who've made their goal and beyond too now I was curious you're you're a really serious comic actor and you've chosen to go into the comedy scene yeah and I often wonder you know was there was it a conscious choice of I could be the funniest person in a theater Mm -hmm. Or I could be the smartest person in a, you know, comedy venue. Did you ever have that kind of thinking? No, I don't think I'm smart. <laughs> yeah, but your characters, your characters are very smart. They, are, they, have, they have depth. They do have depth. I mean, I, I, I think that I, I know that I'm smart, but I don't think, hey, I'm smart. Like, I have a sense of it. But I also, I definitely wasn't encouraged to think that I was smart throughout my growing years. So I think that that was a weapon for me to kind of express, oh, hi, I'm smart, you know. Um, and it's also me. Like, it's also just who I am. It's an expression of myself, and I think that's why. And I'm, you know, it's always been really important to me ever since I was little to express that part of myself. So I think that that's just why. I, I, was, I was in this class this morning where I was like, you know, you still take classes. I was an exercise class. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't still take classes just because solely because I don't really have the money to do it. That's how I feel. I would I would I, love I, to take classes. And I, it's one, just so expensive. I would love to take when I when I make a ton of money, I will set aside some of that to, to take some classes. But right now, I'm I need to be making more. Yeah. To to be able to do that, and also you know like I I don't need to take classes right now. Not. It w I would benefit from it, but I don't need it. You yeah. Know? 
it, it would be nice though. So I was taking this, this ballet bar exercise class at the gym and I was like, wow, I could have really done dance. I really could have. Like, I was in dance class. I have the right frame for it. Yes, you I do. I would have been a bulimic and an anorexic. <laughs> I would have been really unhealthy. But, you know, I could have done that. And I was like, but that's so not who I am at yes. all. I'm not. Like, I got kicked out of dance class for goofing around. It's so, this is so interesting because I grew up dancing very seriously as Did a kid. I, every Did day you? after school, left school okay. to do dance and didn't. You know, toe. I went on toe when I was eleven, and I was n most definitely did not have the right figure, and they let me know that very clearly mm, at age so cruel. fourteen. But the truth is, is it, I, the fact that I was doing ballet so seriously for so long is almost like it's fascinating to me because mm -hmm. I don't shut up. <laughs> like it, it's amazing that I was. It takes a lot of discipline, and I did not have it. I was not into it at all. And an active passivity. I mean, you yeah. you are in line right? in a chorus, mm -hmm. you know, with everyone else doing the exact same movement at the exact same right. time. And it was wonderful discipline in the same way that doing like crew in college was great. Mm -hmm. Me, but it's so not my personality. No, totally not. Like, forget my hips and breasts, which is what <laughs> their their issue was with—that I was like, curvy. Well. It's also, so I'm glad you said that. Also, where you, I can do this, but it doesn't mean I want to do this. Yeah, and it's—I it, mean, I'm sure it would have made my mother happy for me to either do that or do something a little more. I mean. Wait, dance is more stable than acting? No, it's not. But she, but you know, I studied violin for years. Huh. I think that kind of broke her heart a little bit when I stopped playing. Broke mine a little bit too. I still love to play, but I'm. I, it's hard to play when you know how much skill you've lost. You know, yes, it's really hard. But um, you should, when you get a chance, though. Yeah. Go back to it yeah, because I, should. I still have it. It's nice to have something I love you just it. enjoy. It's part of who I am. It definitely is part of my person. Yeah, I mean, so do you have uh, hobbies or things you do just for the fun of it? I really don't right now. I'm so immersed in this career, and I, I, I mean, I like I said, I still have the fiddle. I still hold on to it because every once in a while I'll pull it out, and uh, and I'm really I'm really good at calligraphy. <laughs> I am great at it, but I just don't take the time right now. I'm so immersed in this. It's just it takes a lot of energy. How long a lot. have you been able to live off, you know, your acting? I'm going to say like three and a half years now. So cool. I, it's so fucking awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's, it is fucking awesome. I'm so, so, so grateful. Just out there to anybody who's listening. <laughs> hey, universe, God, whatever. Thank you. It's amazing because, you know, I had seen several of your one-woman shows. You do these characters. Um, that are so complicated, and I, when Edie Falco made it, you know, in The Sopranos, um, that was like her big break. Yeah. I thought of you because I think that that's what's going to happen for you, and is starting to happen for you, where you're you can age. Most actresses, I think, they can't age, but because you do these thoughtful characters, I feel like you. It's happening. I mean, yeah. age is a thing. I'm definitely aware of it. I'm oh, I'm so aware of it. But, but I feel like in a positive way. Yeah, like, no. I, I think because you're so beautiful that actually, Thank like you. the fact that you also do these um, smart characters, mm. I don't want to say it's going to be easier as you get older, but there's more room for you to have depth. I feel like is that Thank a fair you. statement? Yeah, I, I I do think there there's Warren always says you always you you you've always been a character actress even when you were really young, 
and you're just that's that's how you make money as an actor as a character actor I mean unless you're like an ingenue or you know but I would imagine they tried to stick you in the ingenue oh roles. sure that's well, what I meant I guess that's what I meant by aging was that that you know uh, I can yeah. see them saying like oh she's blonde blue-eyed she's really has this I, wiry frame yeah I don't know though Katie. and you're like I'm I mean more than that. in high school and college I would always get like I got Anel and and uh, Steel Magnolia okay I got Kate in Dancing at Lunasa. All right, so take back so, my, my expertise uh, on, on uh, they were able to see behind the beauty yeah. what depth was there. However, I will say, like, whenever somebody did say something like how pretty I am or how I look like a model, it just does not, I'm, and I, I mean, I've seen models. I live in New York. <laughs> like, there's just, I'm like, really? No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> one time, not me. One time I, like, this is in L.A. I auditioned for a special K commercial. Mm. And they're like, they may want to go funny. And I should have known that that was like the red flag was like, they may want to go funny, but wear a bikini. Oh. So I like show up. Oh, God. Disaster. And I find it's all models. It's yeah. all models. And it's, it's not even like in New York where they're beautiful of every different ethnicity and like shape and size oh, kind of models God. where they're gorgeous, but everyone is represented in that beauty. Yeah. It's one particular silicone form of beauty and that's you're, being represented. And you're like, well. And me. So <laughs> they like call me back in and I'm like, I don't have another bikini because I don't live in L.A., and then I was also having this weird feminist moment where I was like, I just don't feel comfortable exploiting myself. By the time I get out to my car, by the way, I've also gotten a parking ticket, so I'm like, I've got to do that audition because oh, I had no, an $80 parking ticket. You're like, ticket. well, it's got it. Maybe I'll book it. <laughs> so I go and buy another bikini, and then in a sort of self-destructive form of protest, I decide to, like, eat the biggest brunch you've ever seen before oh, the callback. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I go into the callback, and it's like, you. you know how you can see on the can the monitor? Yeah. And you can watch all the ad people looking at you, and they're like, bend over. Like, it was Yep, so bend over. Suck it. No. <laughs> Profile, whatever. And, you're like, oh, and just, you know, be you having special K on the beach. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> just make it your own. <laughs> do you what do you do when the notes are so unhelpful how, how do you tweak it when when you get something like okay you but a little more saucy well I have had really great luck I go to a few different casting houses in New York and I really like the people there's just a couple I don't really love but most of them are just so good at their what they do they're good they're good at directing and um, they give you concrete I've been very lucky takes uh, yeah. concrete advice. What are some of the good advice that you found, like where you were doing well, something and then someone said do something? Sometimes they'll acknowledge how silly the spot is, and that makes that kind of diffuses everything. You know, you know, you're all being honest. Yeah, kind of a, a kind of a dumb spot. And sometimes they'll just say, you know, um, just it, it's like the simplest simplest things. I'm trying to think of, of one that I went on recently. You know, sometimes I, uh, it will get a little ridiculous, like play to the wall or play, play to nothing where you're like playing to nothing and, you know, you're, you're supposed to, to be disappointed or something. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a specific thing. Or how do you psych yourself up when you're like going in for an audition? Maybe they like, we'd love you to be a VJ for VH1 or something like that. Yeah, like, oh no, that's not what I do. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever get I called in did. for things that you're not quite um, well, I right don't, for but would like to be or willing I, to be? I don't get called in necessarily. Sometimes I'll get a notice and I'll be like, oh well, that's 
sounds like I might be able to do this hosting thing, but I'm not a host. And I don't want to do that, really. It's not my jam. It's a, I love talking to you because, like, mm. I love watching you act, but I'm not an actor. So I totally appreciate it on that side, whereas, like, I love to host things. I love to so interview. You're an awesome host. I just, it doesn't come naturally to me. And I wish that I, I wish I could just be that way. I don't. No, you don't. I, no. You're I glad know. that you have depth. And I, well, art. you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm happy to be this person, but I, I, you know, you want to be able to do everything. And so I got this notice and I was thinking of like running it by Warren and being like, could this ever work out? Like, would this ever be okay for me? Cause it was kind of me, like they're nice, non-threatening. <laughs> that was part of the description. Which is me, uh, somebody you'd want to invite into your home. Uh, <laughs> That's great. I don't know. But yeah, no. And so I, what did you decide with it? I don't know, I haven't decided yet. Okay. <laughs> But um, but yeah, as far as like the the, direct, the dumb directions, that when I get dumb directions, I just kind of nod and smile. I make sure I understand exactly what they want, and then if and then if I feel like it's a total bust, then I just let it go. It's a t- sometimes it's a total bust. Sometimes people are bad at communicating what they want. It's Have a gift ever- to be a director. It really is. It's a gift. It's a skill. Have you ever gotten it back? Like, have you ever felt like it's not going the way you want and then you pulled it back? Not usually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or if they, well, maybe if they're a good director slash casting director and they give me a good direction. There's one I had with a really amazing director who's a movie director. It was like one of the most insane experiences I've ever had. I, he, I got called in to audition for his film by these casting directors who I really love. And... Um, I didn't know he was going to be in the room. <laughs> and this is the initial audition. And oh, wow. I said before how I like go crazy with a script and I'm very neurotic and I can kind of work myself into a Like what tizzy. do you do specifically? Sometimes I just go over it too much. Like I want to get the lines down as much as I can. That's big for me, having them in my mouth and in my head. And, uh, and then sometimes I just, I sort of... Uh, I sort of agonize over choices and character choices, stuff like that. I don't. Sometimes I have a hard time trusting myself when I don't feel like I'm. I definitely know this this role. Totally. That's my thing. Is not as being. Sometimes I think you just need to make a choice. Yes. And just go and stop. Stop thinking about it so it, much. It's almost easier. I feel like to get worked up about it because I mean, again, this is I'll go out for hosting things versus acting but even there I'll be like what's the character they're looking for <laughs> instead yeah. of like okay I'm gonna be me or I'm I get into me. the That's description in the script which is I think sometimes it's smart to just skip it hmm. unless it, unless there's but just don't get into that like just bring an element of yourself and make some choices make some really strong choices about this character and bring your bring your soul into the room and listen to your partner and open yourself yeah. I love that you embrace, um, you know, going in unprepared when they don't give the lines to last like, minute. I kind of love it. Yes. Yeah. In that instance, surprised. it was kind of perfect. That was a really big, that was a great moment. That was just, that was kismet. It really was. Um, but like this, this experience with this director, I went in, I didn't know he was going to be there. It kind of threw me that he was there because he's famous. And I was Can like. Can you name names? Um, I'd rather not. Okay. That's okay. If he's like, can you say what genre he? He's like with? an art house guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's had some very 
very brilliant coming of age films. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and, Noah Baumbach. Uh huh. <laughs> what? Did I get it? Noah Baumbach? No, you didn't. <laughs> but I walked in and he was there. Was I close? Is it the right genre? You're getting there. Yeah, okay, you're good. warm. Okay, good. I'd say you're warm. I'm warm. That's yeah. good. That's like a B plus. <laughs> Can I go with B plus? And he was like, um, I just need validation. It was kind of nerve wracking to have him there. And so I, I did my sides and I felt kind of crummy about it and really tense. And he gave me some very simple direction that I don't even remember now. It was just very simple about the character. And I had this kind of moment where I could feel myself clicking. Hmm. Like I felt a shift in myself where I was hearing what he said, but I was also finding a place inside myself to approach it. And I, it, it called for crying and I was like bawling. And I've never, like I can cry, that's one of my things, like I can cry, but I've never, I've never felt that vulnerable in an audition, ever. How do you do that, that you can, you can cry in public? Particularly because you're on stage all the time, so I would imagine you get even more self-control. Like, I, I feel a tremendous amount of self-control. I've, I've, I've had the closest yeah. person to me in the world dying, yeah. and that I don't have time to go see that person if I don't make it, you know, the next day, and I'm on stage. And I, I exhibit tremendous self-control to a point of almost, like, right. not being able to tap into the tears when I would like to. Mm -hmm. But you have the inverse where you are able to be in front of people all the time and yet still feel at that very raw core level. Sometimes I'll be watching a commercial with Warren and it's there's some kind of like parent child relationship or like even a pet and I'll like start crying. Or the other day I was I was going over sides for one of the, the commercials I was telling you about and I read the scenario and it, and it was really touching at the end. I, this never happens. I, um, I started like, I did one of these, you know, like one of those, like stopping myself yes. from crying. But I do think in that situation that you were describing, you were on stage for another purpose. Am I correct? That you were hosting yeah. a show. Yeah, I was hosting a huge benefit. So that's different though. But if you were in a, a situation where you were vulnerable anyway and you were, you were given material to work with that, no, because even I cry at movies. I mean, I had to go see Fruitvale twice because I was crying so much the first time that I had to go see the. So you do the in public. Oh, yes, but that's yeah. different. I mean, I'm in an audience. I'm not in yeah. Fruitvale. Well, I cry in audiences too. I think. Public. But I mean, uh, I mean, in in an audition. In a performance. Yeah, and in a performance, particularly an audition, even too. That well, could... yeah. I mean, that surprised me, by the way. Like, I did not expect that at all. Okay. I did not think I could bring that. But he gave me great direction. He's a great director, and thank God he was in the room, even though he really freaked me out. It's Todd Salons. Oh, wow. And he was amazing. And I think He's who booked it was um, this uh, movie star, actually. Her name is, uh, begins with an S. Damn it. She was in Selma Hayek. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Okay, you got good. it. I, I'm so impressed that you can compartmentalize in some ways and shut out all the noise and still get into that part of you that allows you to feel in public. Well, Crying in the audience does not count. I mean, in an, in an audition and on stage. Yeah, I mean, I, part of it, I think, is that what I was ta relating to earlier about how it's always been really uh, important to me, even as a small person, to express myself. And I'm, I'm you know, I mean, I, I think that I have a deep, deep empathy uh, for other people, I really, really relate. Yes. I really like to, 
like sometimes it's a little embarrassing. Sometimes somebody will be going through something and then I'll start crying, you know, and it's not necessarily appropriate. There was a great illustration, actually. It's kind of embarrassing and it's a little bit like, kind of check yourself a little bit, Anne, because there was a great movie with uh, Catherine Keener. Uh, it was, uh, I think. Um, Which one? I love her. God, you know what? It's she. It's in New York, and she and her husband run an antique store. It's and it's a, not Friends with Money, and it's not um, Lovely and Amazing, but it's a fabulous, it's fabulous. I know exactly what you're talking about. And she's married to Platt. Yes, Oliver Platt. Oliver Platt. And, and it's a great study of, you know, sort of white entitlement. Yes. And um, sort of, you know, like um, emotions run rampant. Yes. And kind of... Uh, so there's this, she's volunteering, she wants to volunteer. With the animals, right? This was for youth. It okay. Was with, it was okay. for children who were disadvantaged. And I can't remember if it was and She just, has a kid. She has a kid, and she's trying to do good. She's trying to do something good and get out of herself and, and do good for, for other people. And they were like, you cannot bring your own baggage in here. It's really important. Like when you come here, it's about the kids. And they're telling her some, I don't know if it was somebody relating a story or she sees something, but she starts crying all of a sudden. <laughs> they're like, stop it. You know, like about, right. it's about the kids. Yeah. I mean, I've had that on numerous occasions where I remember I went to see After Innocence, where two friends did this documentary about the wrongly accused. These people have been in prison for, we're talking decades, in solitary confinement for things they never committed. And they're speaking to us, and I'm crying so much. And one of the guys is like, you got to stop crying. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I felt oh so horrible because uh, you just, you're yeah. in so much anguish knowing this person went through this yeah. anguish. And they're like, stop it. Cut it out. And it's really Wow. Hard. But I totally understand totally. That, that feeling of like, I know this is, this is selfish and entitled, but... I'm so affected by you that I yeah. need to make a, um, I can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. That's so funny. Yeah. I, so yeah, I think there's like this, this need to connect or express what is at the root of all of us and sort of, you know, like lay it bare. But I, but I will say also there are those moments like in that audition with Todd Salons and, and, and several other, like I, I recently shot an, uh, an episode for the actress with Janet Zarish and there was a really great moment and like when you're in that moment where you're being so vulnerable and you're open and you know it you kind of have to like ride it ride the wave because you 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 have to be like okay this is good what's happening right now but you that if you if you go there too much it'll take you out of it yeah so you really it's about being present and you know, there's definitely that moment of like, fuck yeah, I'm doing it. Like, I'm there. I'm there. I brought it. Score but, for car. Yeah, score for car. <laughs> um, but you definitely, you know, it's it's that being present, being available, being open. That's the that's where you have to live. And that's I guess that's what I try to do, you know, when I'm there. Now, I'm always told to marry someone with health insurance. And I seem to be very drawn to other like-minded starving artists. And I know that you married another, um, you know, starving yep. artist. But Struggling artist. I yep. wanted to know all the good stuff. I want to hear all the, I know the bad. I'm, I, or I can imagine the bad. The yeah. bad being like, yeah, we don't have a 401k or a pool. Yeah. I tried to get or, a 401k started when I was working in offices. And it's very tiny. 
Um, oh, that's but good, I, but you did create that for I, yourself. And I haven't given any money to it in years, but it's there. That's great. But that's, yeah, it is great. But you know what? It is hard. It really is. You know, there's there, there are some lean months where you don't know what's going to happen. And you're kind of trying not to freak out, sort of living in that space of like, well, it could be, it could, we might need to go into that account that we set aside in, for emergencies. You know, that might have to happen. Do you ever compete with each other? Um, no, because what we do is so very different. You know, his his he's jam a stand-up. Is stand-up. Yeah, that's his thing, and and mine is not. And and he's so supportive of me, and I I really try to be so supportive of him every time. Like any time he has a success, it's I view it as something that's for both of us. You know, and, and I know he feels the same way. I pray for him. I pray. I mean, I'm not religious, but in the sense of like putting energy out there, I pray for his success. I just really do. And his happiness, because I want, it's really important to me that he's happy. Do you have any ground rules of, you know, because you're working, for instance, like on The Actress. Yeah. You know, I think the one thing that people outside of our business, or I think entrepreneurs understand it also, that this is your life. And every minute of the day is involved in, in setting up production. It takes an enormous amount of time, first of all. Um, as well as just emotional energy. Are, are there? Any, do you guys have any ground rules of like we're not going to talk about this tonight, or we're going to have date oh, night, or not? Yeah. Or, or is it just? It's it kind of happens deal. naturally. I feel like sometimes I will say I don't want to talk about this anymore. We need to set it aside. Like today, you know, he was uh, kind of fixating on this need to get people for the twenty fifth, and. I was like, look at your shoulders. You're hunching your shoulders. You know, you're yeah. <laughs> you're I'm straightening up straight your now shoulders out. I do that a lot. To overcompensate. It's where I hold my ten- tension in my shoulders, and I have neck problems. But uh, I said, you know, you've been saying you were going to go to the gym for the last hour and a half, and you haven't left yet. So you should go. This is the right time to go. This is going to take. We're going to take care of this. It's you know, I, I put feelers out. You put feelers out. We have a week. So there's that, and then, you know, sometimes, like, I would love to get away. I haven't gotten away all summer, but money is Me tight. Neither. I can't. So what do you do with, like, I'm I'm so desperate and yeah. craving a vacation, and I can't afford to really go away. Um, so I was going to go up to my un- great uncle's for a nice. Friday night, you know, but that's not a real vacation. Where's like, your great uncle? He lives in the in um, Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. But what's so cute, he's like a retired radiologist, and oh. I got a request from him on LinkedIn. His last name's Avnet, and it said, his put his title as groundskeeper at Avnet Estates. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> that was such a great synopsis of our generation of like, what is this? <laughs> I was so impressed that he learned how to work it. I love it. And make fun of it at the same time. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, how, how, what do you do to g- give yourself a break? Yeah, well, I mean, we do like food. That's one thing. Sometimes we'll treat ourselves to a nice meal. Or in our neighborhood, we have some great places that are cheap, really great because they're from, you know, people who are cooking for their country. Like there's a great taco place, a great banh mi place, a great dim sum place. But, um, uh, yeah, like I I said, I need to go to the beach at least once this summer, so we're going to after we shoot on Sunday, we're going to go to the Rockaways that week. I love that. Yeah. Oh, you're going to go for the whole week? No, no, no. Just at some point that week. No, okay. I, I mean, I would love to get a house and 
be away from this, you know. But it's also we have two more episodes to shoot. So a day, a day at the beach. I think that's good, you know. Um, keep me posted for when you go. I will. I, re- I definitely <laughs> want to go. I, I often, that's right. I'll bike for the day. Bike over there for the day. You bike over? Yeah. Oh, wow, Katie. I know you. it sounds so tough, but it's flat the entire that's way. That's amazing. But I, but I appreciate I, sorry, I'm putting myself down. It is really rough. <laughs> it's really a nice. It is a pretty ride. Though, it's I a bet. pretty ride. Yeah, it's really fun. You know what else is a pretty ride? Is enjoying your series. I really recommend people go and check out theactressetheseries.com. You can still donate even if you didn't go um, get your chance to during the Kickstarter campaign. But there are still opportunities to donate and watch it, share it with friends. And again, I, I really think it's a really special, special series. Thank you so much, Ann Carr, for being you, here. Thank you, Katie Lazarus. Mazel tov on your award and on becoming a Jew as decreed by your husband. Thank you. you. Most neurotic <laughs> non-Jew. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Ann Carr. It will either make you realize how much you want to be an actor or how you could never go through it. But either way, a lot of respect because they're like, I think they're like 200 like real actors and then everyone else just sort of is like, yeah, I want to be on TV or I want to be in front of the camera. And my hats go off to the ones who just can't do anything but it because we're lucky for it. I really feel that way. And I certainly feel that way about Ann Carr. Thank you to Joel, Danielle, and all of you listening. You can donate and support the podcast by going to employeeofthemonthshow.com. You can also get on the mailing list there and find out about live tapings. We have some really exciting shows coming up in New York at Upright Citizens Brigade Theater and then the Bell House in the fall. Really thrilled. Uh, Thank you guys. Thanks so much. And of course, thank you to my co-host, my partner in crime, Lady Lazarus, who is um, chewing in a way on a bone that is so both scary and intoxicating. Talk to you soon.